Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Look at my butt. Oh, look at my front butt. going on in the world. Some of it's got to do with Star Trek, like that show Picard. And then there's lots of other things that um, kind of surround our circumstances right now. And so Stephen and I are probably going to talk a little bit about our um, situation with the, the coronavirus and having to stay inside and maybe suggesting a few things to keep yourself occupied. So I'm glad you're all here. And say hi, Stephen. Hello. And people, this is the one time in your life where they're going to say, stay home, sit on your ass. And that's what you're supposed to do, and you're being a good American and a patriot by sitting on your ass. But what are you doing? Hell no! I gotta get that, that, that. You bet you're about to job on Monday, but when they have to keep you at home on a Thursday because of the coronavirus, you're like, oh shit, now I'm broke. Why didn't you think about that on Monday? <laughs> It's really funny. Uh, I've heard so many people say, now that I'm told to stay home, I just can't do it. I can't stay home. Normally, everyone just says, I wish I could just stay home for a few days. You know, I just think I'm going to take some days off from work. I'm just tired of it, blah, 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 blah. And now here, here it is. We have to stay home for our health, for our neighbor's health, for our family's health, for everybody's health and welfare. And there are people out there, um, to put it lightly, congregating in mass quantities, try, 
trying to spread the virus. I really think they're trying to do it. You know, what about Florida? Who, yeah. uh, uh, Julie, who just had a grandbaby, and she mm-hmm. hasn't been able to see it in two to three weeks because she's staying home to make sure the grandbaby is protected. Right. Right. My mother's best friend became a great-grandmother again. Now, no one is allowed next to that baby. No one. No one. The baby was born two days ago. I know. It's like, just stay away from the baby. I don't don't know. But what about the young people? See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Way back in January, old people died of this. And at the end of January, it was only some old people with um, pre-existing conditions that they were telling the public were dying. Okay? And so the world, especially people 50 and younger, got it in their brains (laughs) that this virus has some kind of a brain and said, oh, look at you. You're 30 years old. Well, heck, I'm not going to infect you because I don't like 30-year-old bodies because they're not just nice and healthy and yummy. I'm going to go infect the body that I'm going to kill. That's not a virus's deal. A virus doesn't want to kill its host. What it wants is it wants to live and thrive and then cough out onto other healthy bodies. The death part well, of this is... It wants to live, is, cry, and grow and expand. Just yes. like that thing, just like that nasty thing that's contaminated this country since it started. <laughs> what, are you talking about greed? <laughs> no, humans! Wait. What yes, do we do? I'm we come over in this nice people, we lived in this nice corner, this nice country... Oh, we 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 gotta expand. We gotta move on. Viruses are the same as us that way. Did we give right. a crap if people were living there? How old the people were? No, we just wanted your land. Right, we just want your body, and 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 not to kill the body. <laughs> okay, not to kill it. Viruses love young, healthy, strong bodies. And so this whole idea that I can't get it, bring on the corona, yeah, you're going to get it. You might not die of it, but you may give it to your grandma who will die of it. And you know what? You will be responsible for that death. People. Well, and you're forgetting the bigger thing. You may not die from it, but you wish you would have. <laughs> well, I understand that it causes lingering effects. I've, I, I, um, Once you destroy I your lungs, thought... your lungs don't come back. Trust me, I got the COPDs. Once your lungs yes, are shot, yes. they're shot. And then, um, also, I understand that it att- attacks your organs. You see, you need your organs to live, okay? 
But if the virus is attacking them, I I had a friend. This was um, about 25 years ago. Um, it was a, a really bad virus, and I can't tell you what it was because it was in the late 90s. So I'm not. It was before SARS, but I I just can't remember which one it was. Um. My friend's sister was a bus driver. See, this is why the schools should be shut down, because they're nasty. They're just like cruise ships. They're nasty Petri dishes. And so um, uh, her, her sister was 42 years old, totally, completely healthy. And then there was this um, viral outbreak. They called it the flu, and uh, a lot of people got sick, but her sister, instead of just being a viral infection, it attacked her heart and killed her. And she was, before that, a healthy 42-year-old bus driver, mother of three, with a husband. Everything was going great. So that's the reality of passing viruses to other people. So not to be morbid or anything, I think I already was. Look, you guys, I like all of you guys who are listening. And most of the people that listen to this show are my friends and are already taking precautions. But if you're one of those people that is not taking precautions, is not social distancing, please rethink this because you could be that one out of 100, 150 that the virus attacks your heart or your brain or your kidneys. I had a student, oh, I had a student four years ago who caught the flu like the rest of us, but it didn't, it, it didn't just give her the flu. It attacked her her kidneys, and she died, 15 years old. She didn't even make it to 16. That's the reality. So please, everyone, take really good care of yourself and think about other people, too. And And all you people like, oh, I need to be social, I need to be social. Well, talk to your friends on Facebook. I'm sure that all of us has got like two to three hundred friends, and we only talk to like four or five of them. I know. Or go to Snapchat. Um, talk to your friends there. Go to chat rooms. Talk to people there. There's humans all over this little thing we call the internet. So if you say that I don't have no social reaction, that's because you're not social. Right. You know, come on, if sitting in a bar is what you long to do, grab yourself a beer, a whiskey, a whatever, sit at your, you know what, you can even, if you have a laptop instead of your freaking phone, but you can do it with your phone too, you can Skype, you can FaceTime, you can all kinds of stuff. So, you love everyone. If nothing's funny. They they wanted to pay the people that work in Walmart, grocery stores, the people like that. They wanted to raise the fifteen. Yeah. Why? What did they say? Oh, we don't need to give you that raise. You're not that essential a worker. <laughs> and now only essential businesses stay open. What's staying open? 
Walmart. Walmart. Grocery stores. <laughs> Grocery stores. The lady who checked me out yesterday, there was this huge mess up with Walmart and my mom's um, uh, order. Oh, yesterday was terrible. So anyway, I ended up, we were in the parking lot at Walmart, but I ended up inside of a grocery store for a few things. And uh, the woman who was checking me out, she was already tired. It's just been a week. And she's like, oh, I can't wait for my day off. I'm so tired. And these people that were in front of her, they were saying, oh, we can't this. I hope it's over in a week. And she goes, yeah, maybe it'll just blow over in a week. And I'm like, what? Don't you guys we ain't, know you, what's happening? We're getting $1,000 from the government. You don't yeah, get a... Wait, let me finish. You don't get $1,000 yeah, yeah. for a week. <laughs> right. Right. The the last time we got money from the government, we got those two $600 checks, which is exactly what Mitch McConnell wants to do, the $1,200. The last time that happened, Osama bin Laden sent airplanes into our building, okay? <laughs> the, the government just doesn't give up its money, even though it's your money in the beginning. It just doesn't say, okay, here, a bunch of Republicans giving people money? <laughs> that was like last time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going to go through Walmart and you don't, and you're at the grocery store and you got to pick up a three thick things, go through the self-checkout. Make it easier on those poor buttholes that's been there since maybe five or six in the morning and probably nonstop taking care of people buying enough food and water for four people. You're a weirdo. (laughs) When I say you're weirdos is when I went to Walmart, they had milk, but powdered Mm -hmm. milk was sold out. (laughs) They had pasta, but all the tomato sauce was sold out. Oh, it was the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. But the syrup was sold out. What the fuck are you people going to eat without me? <laughs> okay, at my grocery store, the eggs were gone. You, there was, it was empty, and then all the pasta was gone, but the spaghetti sauce was all still there. I'm like, yeah. what? This is just weird. What you going to eat without A and B? It's like buying Kool-Aid without can, sugar. It's and all the canned food was gone, and then my mom wanted. Either um, uh, canned milk or 2% milk. (laughs) There was no canned milk, none. There's goat's milk, but there's no canned milk. And there's no 2% milk. There's whole milk and 1%, but no 2%. So I'm like, and look, what's funny is that I don't drink milk. I think of nasty stuff. And so I'm like, what the... What the bloody heck is going on here? I really meant bloody hell is going on here. The, the 1% milk is gone. The canned milk is gone. That's really gross stuff. And But there's whole milk right there, which is pretty close to canned milk anyway. What? I don't, I don't get it. 
Stephen, people are weird, and someday they're going to make a, a, a comedy, unless we all die. They're going to make mean, a, a coronavirus Have you ever comedy. seen Idiocracy? Yes, I have. <laughs> there is no someday here. We are here. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's it's unbelievably and crazy. And toilet paper has become a joke because that's the one thing. I don't understand why do you need to stock up on that. Are you really going to spend all of your time where you're not at home taking a crap? <laughs> well, they bought all that food. That's all they're going to do. They're going to eat all that, that canned food and condensed milk. I run out of toilet paper. I go get some leaves. Go get a basket of leaves and bring it in the house. Oh, my God. I just, I'm like, yeah, I I don't know. There, uh, a, friend, uh, a friend of ours posted on the Facebook today about this young woman crying because she couldn't buy diapers for her baby. But here's the thing, she could there were no ten packs left or fifteen packs left. There were just the big box items of diapers and she couldn't afford the big box items. And yeah, she was crying. Like, uh, she, my babies, Princess and Mouse, I usually buy them. They had the ninety nine cent bologna to put in their food. Mhm. I had to buy the two dollar stuff. Because the cheap stuff was sold out. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Oh, and carrots. I buy carrots. They, I constantly eat carrots. I love carrots. I've loved carrots my entire life. My entire life. I love carrots. I usually buy 10, 20, 30 pounds of carrots a month. All right? <laughs> Depending on how much I cook. And um, the frickin' store sold out of carrots. Nobody eats carrots. I'm buying carrots. People are looking at me like, what's wrong with you? You got a lot of bunnies at home or what? And now the store is out of carrots. Like, what the fuck? Give me my carrots. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The guy at the at the grocery store that I went to yesterday, the guy in the vegetable market, He's like, well, at least we got a load of potatoes in. And I just thought that was, just made me think of the potato famine. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's south, cool, but I don't I don't find no potatoes. Down here, fried potatoes, we'll, we can live on that stuff. Well, yeah, I don't need them. I already have some. They look nice, though. They were good-looking potatoes. I'm telling you, they were nice big russets. There was a rush on the beautiful. instant mashed potatoes yesterday. When I went, <laughs> you know, this was a time when people could actually at cook. Pharmacy was trying yeah. to get a prescription, and it was a narcotic for her mother, and she bitched that they required her to have an ID to get it. Well, it's a narcotic. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> That's been the rule for maybe five or so years now. Why are you echoing this brand new? She said, oh. well, you could just give it to me. No, I can't. And then she started God. bitching out the poor woman working there. That's really sad. That's super sad. 
Now, I had the opposite. Um, I have to far- – my pharmacy is Costco. Now, Costco does yeah. a lot of good things, a lot of good things. But as far as their pharmacy goes, it's oh, it's the worst pharmacy ever. And so their pharmacy is supposed to refill my pills. I have blood pressure pills. You know, what a shock. I have high blood pressure. Not very high. So anyway, I'm like, I only have two pills left. And the governor said lockdown. I'm like, oh, my God. So I went in, and I go, hey, how come – how come I didn't get an automatic refill? And she goes, well, you probably don't have any refills left. And I go, well, where on here does it say I have no refills left? And she goes, it's right there. It's right there. It's right there. And I'm like, where? And I keep looking and looking and looking, Bottom and I can't corner, find it. Right, above the expo- right, right below the expiration date. No, not at Costco. See, they don't do their labels like everyone else. And it said that I ha- I still can't read it. The small print is like print that even a mouse would need a magnifying glass. She showed me with her fingernail. It's right here. I go, what's that? And she goes, well, it says right there, refill. And I go, oh, well, I can't read that. And she goes, well, it's there. And then she got really snarky with me. And I was like, uh, uh, well, what am I supposed to do? I can't even go to my doctor. <laughs> they refilled it. But the thing is, she was all snarky with me, so I guess she'd been working for a long time. I don't know. It was just a very weird experience. So we're all on edge, I guess. The world is a weird experience nowadays. Yeah, right now. Like all these people. Yes, we finally got the flat earthers coming out and going, oh, this virus is a government conspiracy. Well, it could go to China then. <laughs> yeah, and then all these idiots calling it the Chinese flu, Chinese oh, virus. Oh, that's really, that is is over the top. I know, I was reading this article about, well, we called it the Spanish flu, we call, you know, that was a hundred years ago when we didn't even know how viruses actually worked and what was going on and how to prevent them. It started in Spain, so we yeah. called it the Spanish flu. You know why they call it the Spanish flu? Because that's where patient zero came from. Right, but so we don't have to do flu? that. That's because you're racist, yes. idiot. <laughs> yes, I, I saw. Trump say that stuff live on on the live news feed. He calls it. He comes out and he calls it the Chinese flu, and it's just like I'm. I I don't know why he doesn't say chink or something like that. You know, I mean that's what he wants to say, right? He's such a racist, such a horrible human being. And so I, you know, I don't want to turn this into a Trump show or anything, but really, in the history books are going to really rip him apart when it comes to this. Yeah, they're not going to be Trump's very kind. Trump's an idiot, but what he's saying is the truth. Listen to him when he tells you, "Stay inside, don't congregate." Right. <laughs> right, but he has to say that now. He has to say that now. Oh, yeah, you know, I really love the fact that his Republican buddies 
are the ones that made the uh, – I know this isn't Vicky, um, Vicky Loves Sci-Fi right now, but we'll get to it. But I just have Pirates to say this on, on the air. Yeah. Um, uh, his his buddies in in Congress are the ones who tanked out the um, the stock market. They're the ones who had the inside information, and they did, went on a selling spree. And once those guys started doing it, because they're congressmen and women, um, uh, their buddies are like, "Oh my God, this is a really bad thing," and then it just snowballed. Uh, no, and uh, Vicky, I'll defend him on that one part. My mom. Had a yeah. thing on her 401k while she was working, uh-huh. where you could install a circuit breaker on your stock portfolio. Right, which but that is just... if it drops yeah. below a certain point, it will authorize your stock dealer to automatically sell your stock. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, um, but that was after it already started happening. Yeah, they lost it was the shit. People, why don't they bring it, why don't they get out how much they lost before they sold? Because it wasn't yeah, well, like, I'm, oh, we sold right before. No, it was in free fall when they sold. Well, here's the deal. I was going to retire in a couple of years, and now thanks to the virus, my my retirement is gone. So, well, my mom was uh, uh, took out the four hundred one k so she could pay off the house, and people were like, "Yeah, oh, you're stupid, you're stupid." And a week after she did it, the stock market dropped, and she would out of her fifty thousand dollars that she dropped drawed out. She would have lost ten thousand dollars if it would have still been in there. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I don't have an option in my stirs. I can't do something like that. But that is stupid. But like, I- oh, trust your retirement to four hundred one k packages, the stock packages. The rich people are making money. You can too. Right. That's I fought tooth and nail. To not have my retirement money tied to the stock market. I thought it was the stupidest idea I've ever heard for us. And no, it's there we go. The same thing that happened during 9 11 is happening again. This is worse. This is actually worse than 9 11. And 9 11 will get sent a bunch of our boys to get killed for no reason. Well, I'm I'm just what I mean is just the stock market, the everywhere. Yeah. Unless they all come together and say we forgive all debt and we do a do-over and just start it over at, you know, a certain measure, then we've all lost. We've all lost. Well, in New Jersey, it had, they the governor announced today all all mortgages, all foreclosures, all debts, big debts like that, are null and void till after this crisis is over. Right. Um, here in California, you are not allowed to evict anyone. Nobody can be evicted. 
and that's a good thing too. But there's um, a dangerous thing too. All the credit cards are allowing you to, uh, if you're going to lose your job, oh, don't worry, you don't have to pay your main balance. But right, right, it's still accrued the, here's interest. The, here's the sword hanging over your head, but you're still going to accrue interest. Right, right. But I, there's no way out of this for us, for us little people. There's no way out. It's just like you know that money that... Automatically class president say, because of this virus and because people are, we're screwed, all college debts are wiped off the books and no one can collect on any of those ever again. Well, all I know is that this is an unprecedented time, and we all should be really cool about it, stop pressing each other, stop telling each other what to do, start being reasonable, and and lead with a little more compassion. Yeah. It's like that beam I said. Did you see that meme I put on my wall that said, uh, "Boomers, oh you're old, you'll die soon." Uh, the the young generation of millennials, oh we're young, we're invincible. The in betweeners, they're so stupid they can't be trusted alone with, t- with Tide Pods. Generation X, welcome to Thunderdome, motherfuckers. That's what we're ready for, uh, mine and your generation. We're like, yeah, we watch Mad Max movies. We're ready for it. Well, um, it kind of feels like that. And and there you go, dystopian films. There's lots of um, that kind of thing that applies to our lives at this moment. Yeah, but I never thought, I mean, the road warrior, them fighting over gasoline, that makes kind of sense. But would anybody ever make a road warrior where they're fighting over hand sanitizer and toilet paper, but the (laughs) idiots aren't buying soap? Soap! They're not buying soap. We can't wash our hands. Why? There's no sanitizer. I'm just trying to imagine it. The road warrior, no. The the hand washer. I don't know. It's just too weird. I know. It's bizarre. Right, right. And so, I don't know. If you don't know what we're talking about, um, there were these great films in the 80s. 90s and then a couple years ago um the Mad Max films Road Warrior Mad Road Max, Warrior Road uh, Warrior be, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and, and Thunder Mad Dome. Max Fury Road Right and these films what I love about those films is that the apocalypse has already happened and they move 
on from, like we're living in the apocalypse right now, and then those movies are like 10 years down the road about the people that survive all of this and how they have to live. And that's what's fun about those films is you try to think, how the hell did they get like that? What was the apocalypse that happened to get things be like that in Thunderdome? But it's not too hard to realize that a Thunderdome really would exist. Give it 10 years, and there will be yeah. Thunderdomes popping yeah. up all over well, America. <laughs> if you remember, Thunderdome was them trying to reclaim society, getting, you know... It's going to take something well, like that to get the wheel started again if everything just collapses, collapses. Right now, they're putting Band-Aids on the dam, hoping to God that the cracks don't get bigger. Right, right. And so, Because if you remember, the- Richard Matheson said, uh, covered that in I Am Legend that once everything goes to shit, it's going to take some real hard, cold sons of bitches to get the wheels moving again. Right. Right. That's that's fucking true. That's why these whiny millennials, they'll never make it. Oh, I can't. I don't have diapers for my baby. <laughs> I'm what, fighting what over the last even... avocado. What? <laughs> right, I don't have avocado for my toes. Those are the hipsters, though. <laughs> Bring yeah. your own. They'll be a hell of a lot better, and it'll be a hell, and it's fun. <laughs> That's the secret that we're keeping from you. Raising your own vegetables in your own little garden is fun. And that's not me joking. Right, right. I, I completely, you know, this is my first week off of work, and there have been a <laughs> teachers, I swear, just calm down out there. Those kids, they're not going to die without your lessons, okay? They aren't. They're going to survive and probably turn back into kids instead of little drones sitting in little chairs doing their little homework. But... um I lost my train of thought. Sorry about that, folks. Yeah. The thing is, is that, uh, what, go ahead. Sorry. Problem is, is that most of the people, the way you describe them, you can talk about them more, is that they look at their lesson plans and they were taught that their lesson plans are the word of God. You must follow your lesson plan. If you do not, if you miss. If you stray from the lesson plan, all hope is lost. All is the lesson plan. Well, here's the thing. Not everyone has, this was what I was going to say, not everyone has access to electronic learning. You know, and what I mean is, it's not that almost every kid, almost, I'm telling you, there are still kids that don't have phones out there. It seems a rare thing, but it's true. But the kids, the reasons why they try to watch their shows at school,
school on their on their phones is because they don't have Wi-Fi at home. And we're stuck at home. We're not supposed to be congregating in other places so kids can hook up to Wi-Fi. We're supposed to be home. So the biggest problem about this, my lessons are so important and those kids aren't going to survive without them, is that the ones who have the Wi-Fi at home, they're the ones who still get the lessons. The ones that don't have Wi-Fi, they fall behind. That's not equitable. And so we shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing it. This should just be some free time right now. I know that sounds just freaking awful to Americans, but this should just be free time. Time to discover who the heck you are. Reconnect with your family. Read a freaking book. Not because uh, there's a book report, but because it's fun. Time to go out on the balcony of your house like they do in Italy and sing with all your neighbors. God, that sounds good. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Yeah, I don't know. Well, okay, that's our coronavirus talk. We really had to get that out because everyone is talking about it and everyone's really frustrated and scared. We're all scared. I had a moment the other day. I was really scared. I ate some bad tacos, and I was not feeling well for about six hours. And I was, you know, you lose control when something is making you sick and you get scared. And I was just literally scared. I texted my kids. I said, look, if I die, don't fight over my stuff because, you know what, I really don't have anything. (laughs) You know, stuff like that. I was just out of my mind scared. And yeah. so, and if you're not scared, man, don't, don't be like everyone that I see online going. You're overreacting. You shouldn't be this scared. People are as scared as they want to be. It's all right, people. Right. What's the I would rather be if, scared and stay at home and lock themselves in the cave. Then, like those idiots in Florida, it's like, I still want to live my life. Well, I'm still living my life, and so is Vicky. Only ones that really are winning in this is the dogs. Can you imagine how upset our dogs are going to be the first time that you go back to work? Mm -hmm. They'll be like, hey, what do you mean you ain't staying here with me 24 hours a day anymore? I don't like that. I'm used to you being here now. Right. My cat is so happy. She hates it because, you know, I get um, two months off in summer. And when I go back to work for, you know, the school year, she gets really upset. And now I'm home and she's like, oh, you're here. You're here. You're not leaving. Yes. She's very happy. Yeah, as long as you got dog food and you're there 24 hours a day, your dogs will be happy you to be. (laughs) We need to be like dogs. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> here's the thing. Our poor animals can get this this coronavirus too. So if you love your animal, don't 
take them out and keep them home too because that cute little Pomeranian, that was real. I looked it up on um, Snoops, and it was real. It died. And there's a German Shepherd and a half-German Shepherd that have it too. I mean, they're probably not the only dogs in the world that have it. They're just the ones that have been tested and put on the Internet. But our animals are at risk also, and they can't say, hey, hey, I think I have pneumonia. They're going to start coughing, and then they're going to die. So, And if you take your pet to a shelter because you think it might get sick and you want to protect your family, I will be waiting outside of there with a ball bat to beat the living crap out of you. Right. Right. They family, just like your mama and your dad. They family. They ain't just a pet anymore. That vanished in the 90s. Yeah, well, I don't know. I just know that this is for real. It's unprecedented in our time. A hundred years ago, I had family members die of the Spanish flu. Changed my family's life when my great-grandfather died. It changed their... And he was young. He was a young man. I don't even think he was 30 years old. And so these things happen. Pandemics happen. And we're just too spoiled to realize that it could happen to us, too. So take care of yourself, okay? And for all the jokes made about it, I remember when the AIDS crisis hit in the 80s, Vicky. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was a product called AIDS Diet Candy. God. Once that disease hit, that the makers of that lost their business, lost the product, you know. Right. And the well, same thing is going to happen to Corona beer, too. They're going to have to either totally rebrand, which they need to do already, or just go under. Well, I'll drink a Corona any day. I like Corona. I, they're my favorite favorite beer because they're light and they taste they have a taste I like and they don't get me drunk and that's that's a good thing. <laughs> well, I only drink one, but yeah, yeah you know, I remember because I was a a young adult during the AIDS crisis and I remember very well sitting around with my friends. Fresno is only two and a half hours from San Francisco. And we knew that, I mean, Omni Magazine came out with this thing about this weird virus. And then other magazines, not newspapers, but the magazines started writing about it first. And we were scared to death. We didn't know. I was married. My husband and I, we... We kind of, we all kind of knew that it was being passed around um, sexually. And so we didn't really know, but it was, we knew, my husband and I, since we were married, we knew that 
we were kind of safe from this thing. But the, this one conversation, one evening in my house with a bunch of my friends, everyone was scared to the bones. And there were tears, and some of those people didn't make it. And so this reminds me of that because it was so, everything was so unknown. Yeah. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all. Why? Because you don't know. Right. Right. So, you know, it's okay to be afraid, everyone. It's really okay. Just don't let it rule your life. And to move on to segue, what is the title of this episode? It's (laughs) Vicky Loves Sci-Fi, comma, but not Picard. What could that be talking about, Vicky? You mean the Picard part? (laughs) Yeah. The fear, like, the fear of Star Trek falling apart? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, I was really hoping, beyond all hope, that um, Picard, because it was going to be Jean-Luc Picard, and how dare they even mess with Jean-Luc Picard, right? that this show was going to be um, the one that saves CBS from destroying Star Trek. And I was wrong. I was totally wrong. Star Trek is not what it used to be, and Star Trek is never going to be what it used to be. And so the Star Trek that we all love is dead and gone, and there's a new type of Star Trek out there. And it's called Gun Killing People All the Time. Laser guns, of course. Killing people all the time. Fear throughout every single show. Never a moment for any happiness except one episode so far in nine. Haven't seen the last episode yet. Um, yeah. And Jean-Luc Picard, the captain that everyone said, oh, they loved him so much, they admired him so much, because he's so smart and he's a diplomat, blah, 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 blah. Well, he ain't anymore. His old, that old man turned into a stupid old man. And an old man that, that is played by his emotions, which Jean-Luc Picard always was able to step back and say, oh, are my emotions being played? Not anymore. That's, it's not the same. It's not the same. And so, Stephen, have you watched the show at all? A little bit, but it just seems to me that this whole, the whole series message was summed up in one line in the last uh, original Star Trek movie. It's when uh, David Warner looked at uh, Kirk and he said, you know what the worst thing about being a warrior is? What? The times always outgrow us. Yeah. Kirk 
about was that. a warrior who got dismissed by Space Starfleet because they were at a time of peace. Picard is a peaceful man who was discarded because discarded because the Federation got more warlike. Right. Right. Now, that could have been Instead, a whole good series. Well, if they would have started it from the moment when this this supposed Starfleet takeover was happening. Well, when the the Starfleet takeover happened, it's uh, right when the split happened that created uh, the new universe timeline. Yeah, that's right. I always forget. Yeah, I always forget that that's what universe we're in. I always forget about that. I always forget that we're in the new, the 2009 universe, which is a lot more um, edgy, I guess you want to say. It's a lot more violent. It was uh, right at the beginning there where Romula, the Romulan planet blew up, and uh, Spock and what's-his-name got transported into the new new universe right 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 they got they got thrown into the alternate timeline right and so we're seeing we're seeing which universe then we're seeing which one then it's the original universe, the... except that the last time they had a crisis like this, they saved the Klingons, and we had a new era, they had a new era of peace and prosperity. And in this one, instead of saving the Romulans, they're like, well, fuck them, let them die. And they enter a new, instead of creating new friends out of old enemies like the Klingons, they created a very, very bitter race that wanted to kill everyone in the humans because they didn't help them in their time of need. Right. Right, 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 right. I, I, I see that. But I thought that this was the Abrams universe and not the original universe. No, the Abrams universe the is... Uh, what was created when Kirk and what was the other Romulan? Played um, by Matt no, Eric. Yeah, um, Eric Banya played him. Um, yeah, Banya. Oh, I just. Yeah, I can't. Well, um, yeah, they were just created when Romulan exploded and that thing, and Spock and him got transported over. Right, right. They. They were through that 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 um, like wormhole like thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The Abrams universe is the third mirror is the third universe. The first universe is the main one where Picard takes in. The second one is the alternate universe where Spock has that funky goatee. 
Right, from right. Mirror, That's mirror. the mirror universe. Yeah. And the third one is that one, where instead of Romula and Klingon world getting destroyed, Nero, Vulcan planet. Hmm. Well, this whole idea of a planet being exploded anyway is kind of fishy to me. Not because I'm some kind of scientist, but Planets don't really explode. Stars explode. Yeah, there was a supernova close by because if you remember, the, the Star Trek universe has not got very stable freaking stars. Because they had a sun well, go supernova and destroyed it, Sethi Alpha 2. And it fucked up SETI Alpha 1 where Khan was at. Right. Oh, that was SETI Alpha 6 and SETI Alpha 5. The Klingon planet. (laughs) They haven't said what made Romula explode yet. Right, because, look, okay, in real life right now, okay, we are watching the star um, Beetlejuice. And it is going to supernova real soon in star lifetime, okay? It could happen this week. It could happen 100 years from now. But it's it's not going to last too much longer. But when a star is going to go supernova, it just doesn't go supernova out of the blue. It just doesn't happen. That is not part of the physics of our universe. It doesn't just go, oh, hey, I'm going to collapse and explode. There's a whole nuclear process to it. So I can believe that that Kurtzman, because he's a terrible, terrible writer-producer, would just say, okay, we're going to have a sun explode, and this is what's going to set the the whole series on edge, okay? I can see that happening. But here we are with Romulans and Vulcans, who are actually ancestor-wise, come from the same DNA, all right? So they're distant cousins. So that makes Romulans and Vulcans um, equally intelligent. So if their sun is going to explode, why do the hell do they need the Federation to help them anyway? Because they would have figured out that their star was going to explode and go and move their entire race somewhere else. They would have done it. The way Romulan exploded was... Yeah, the, but if the you mining the colony. New movie, they did know in time and that his thing with the ball was their last shot to try to get the sun to work right before right, the right. screw up happened, whatever it was. Well, yes, because that one little bit of that red will make a planet explode. That was the whole premise of yeah. of the first Abrams Star Trek. Well, but the 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 nemesis 
the um, the Star Trek where they took Picard's DNA. Yeah. See, I thought Picard was going to be about that, actually. Uh, I heard rumors that it was going to be about the Romulans had, you know, they still had Picard's DNA and blah, 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 blah. But that, I guess, was was not yeah. interesting enough. But if you remember, um, Romulus... They knew Romulus, about the Klingons planet blowing up and... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. Um, there was a mining accident in the regular Star Trek universe that we know, where there was there was an explosion where a bunch of the Romulans died, just like the Klingons had their planet explode also. In one of the movies, which movie was that? The Undiscovered uh, Country? No. Yeah, but yeah. that's what I was going to say. But if you remember, the Klingons had enough time before the planet explodes right. to do the diplomat, the whole diplomatic thing with the Starfleet. Everything went as smooth as right. ice because they knew in time, you know, okay, our planet's going to explode. We got nine. I think it was like they had a year. Right, right. Well, these guys had a long time to do Picard. But they didn't, I don't know, it still feels thrown together. There's just so many questions left, like, uh, where did the Romulans get the Borg Cube? Why did Starfleet uh, tell them not to do that? Why did the robots go rogue? There's just too many questions and not enough answers. Yeah, I agree with that too. Like my first question was why why did all of the robots, androids, since whatever you want to call them, all of a sudden at one time just turn around and and destroy Mars? Why? Why? That's a that's a really good premise to start a series. Now we're off on some Romulan, almost like a fantasy, because the last two um, episodes were about these Romulan mothers. I just want to call them mothers. They're all women, and they all came together in a circle, kind of paganish, paganistic, okay? And the they did some kind of chanting magic stuff that I didn't know Romulans were ever part of because they're supposed to be very logical even though they're emotional and they had this vision that there's a larger synthetic intelligence out there in the universe somewhere just waiting for our synthetics to finally realize that humans and all kinds of humanoid creatures, species, are just really bad for synths, and they're waiting for the synths to ask them for help. Hey, synthetic overlords, 
please come and destroy all species of humanoid life because they make the world and universe terrible. That's the premise yeah, of the Yeah, you know what the real thing is? I know who they are. Who? Cylons. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be a bit if Picard and Star Trek ripped off Battlestar Galactica after all these years? Oh, my God. That's really great, because that's what, you know, I started thinking of Battlestar Galactica the second episode. But, yeah, of course, of course, of course. Just, you know, our, the Cylon overlords are coming. And then Those they never really they mentioned, we never ever got to see the Borg overlord or the Borg homeworld either. Right, right. Well, I, I think you bring up a really good um, question. How the heck did they get the Borg, Ar- Borg artifact? Really? How did they get that artifact? How did they get a huge cube? I mean, I could see them getting a smaller cube, but the biggest cube? That's one of those those multi-level, you know, First well, first, how? So, if you remember, they blew up, they destroyed the interior of the board ship in first contact, but it didn't go explode. Okay, but you know what? That you have to take with a grain of salt, because well, you know how board. Yeah, Why well, that's the whole thing. Destroy something and not go, hey, there's a Borg cube floating around there, and, this, this, you know. <laughs> well, how come the Borg cube didn't regenerate? Because even if one piece, I've watched Voyager a million, gazillion times, and if one piece of Borg is left alive and knowing, it can regenerate. Right. That's why they they destroyed it like they did a wasp nest. They killed every bit of the life form in there, but the nest was still there. Yeah. Well, that would mean that the Borg cube would regenerate itself. It wouldn't be dead. There would be no Borgs in it. Well, there were plenty of Borgs left there, because that's what he was doing. He was killed every one of the Borgs on there. They wouldn't kill crazy in first contact. No. Well, then where did all those Borgs come from that Hugh was making into human again? Well, if you they remember were that Borg in. back in time, that was an anomaly. Once you get in a time travel on any level, everything's going to get screwy. Right, because, see, now we have two time travels. We have the Borg, Cube, First Contact, and then we have the explosion of Romulus or one of the planets, or Romulus, whatever. That's so unimportant to me that I don't even really, I have to go back and watch the series so I can really get, you know, the idea of what's happened to the Romulans. Because it's such a stupid idea anyway. I kind of dismiss it. 
And now I find out it's really important. But it's a stupid idea to begin with. So anyway, now we have two time travel things, right? Spock yeah. going to the other other parallel universe. The mirror third the second mirror universe. Whatever it was, yeah. And that's the Abrams universe. And then we have the universe that first contact the Borg tried to change and then first contact changed it back, but not quite the same because there's a Borg ship left out there by what, Jupiter or something? Yeah. So what the what's that about? And nobody's mentioned that ever before. Now, with the card. I don't know why that that just may I'm just using logic. And they'll probably like yes. you using logic? <laughs> you stupid idiot. <laughs> I know, I know. And let's but talk about I, my least favorite thing about it is like, hey, you remember all those happy endings that happened in Star Trek Voyager and Star Trek The Next Generation? We're going to piss all over them. Why? No we're dark kidding. and edgy. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you know, at the end of Voyager, I was not happy with... Um, Chakotay and Seven of Nine coming together. I didn't like that. I always wanted Chakotay to be with Janeway. That's what I wanted, but she had to do what she had to do. So the thing about it is, is that why is Seven out there running around the way she is? Why is she so angry, and why is she shooting everything up? That was not... She's not a cowboy. They call her uh, a rogue, and they call her what um, uh, vigilante. I, but yeah. That's that's not who she was before, and we don't get any explanation as to why she's like this now. Oh yeah, we do. Just because they killed her son in front of her. That's not enough to make her become who she is. That's and what she they gave. Thought of a, I know, but that's not. That's not. I know. It's not enough, though. Now I know well, why. And where the fuck you know, was she left with Jacolte? Where the fuck was he? I know. Where is he? Is he dead? I mean, Picard, he was much younger than Picard, and Picard's still alive. <laughs> you yeah. know, so... What the heck? I'm not getting. I just. I'm not getting this universe at all. I'm not liking I mean, it at all. I mean, all he but said I, to do is like, "Hey, where's that guy you used to hang out with? He died in a mission." Okay. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> well, the thing is, how come they couldn't? be a little more linear with their with the characters. How come what why did they say, okay, let's you know what, I can just imagine what, what CBS said. Hey, dude, Kurtzman, come here. We have we have lots of data on this, okay? Not data the character, but data on which were the best episodes, which one people liked the best, which one had the highest ratings. And this one, this one and this one. 
this one had data in it. This one had um, seven of nine in it. This one had whoever else they brought back. And, and look at some of these had explosions and some of them had some violence in it. So I'm thinking we should take out all that other stuff and just have more of these characters with a lot more um, guns and explosions. And then Kurtzman said, yeah, boss, anything you want. I mean, there's a whole big chunk of time missing between uh, the ending of Nemesis, which it did show the Voyager there after it gotten back, right? I don't think so. Maybe it was. Maybe that's... Yeah, Maybe and that's what that was. the beginning of the Abrams universe, what happened in that time space? Well, yeah. Why did Star- Starfleet become so mean? I mean, there's, I, I don't know. In the Abrams universe, we have, in the second film, no. Yeah, the second film, The Wrath of Khan or whatever they called it, um, Into Darkness, that's what they called it. Yeah. Okay, they have the Admiral, who is played by Peter Weir, no, Peter... Weller. What's his... Weller, thank you. Um, Peter Weller, and he was a military, big on, let's make warships, because we need warships, because... There's an invisible enemy out there, and we need warships, right? That was the whole yeah. premise of him building that that really huge starship. Well, that's all, how all militaries are run. There's always a day. Right, 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 okay. So, but it seems like that attitude, that attitude is in the Picard series, but we don't know how that attitude grew into the Picard series. It just feels like that's the overall feeling in Starfleet now. But it, you can't pinpoint it. You can't say, well, here's an example of it. I can. It just, yeah? Hey, Trump's a racist. Yeah. This is not me projecting my opinion. Trump's a racist xenophobist who hates China and other countries because that's the current political climate. Let's make Picard just like that. Yeah. Not forgetting that the worst episodes of Star Trek, the original series, and Star Trek The Next Generation are the ones where they tried to project the the time when they were filmed's political climate into the movie. Right. The Romulan incident. Uh Uh-oh, Romulans again. (laughs) Yeah, well, people like that one, actually. It's in the top ten of what people like. But it is, um, it is totally uh, political. Yeah. But it's very humanistic, too. I mean, it it brings in 
the feelings of Vulcans and Romulans and how how Spock can betray how he's really good at betrayal because uh, he keeps his emotions in check. Kind of, kind of a sad one. <laughs> yeah, but it's but just still, a, it's, a, it's an exact recreation of Gary Powers' incident. Look it up, people. Oh, right. So, the whole thing about Picard is that it's not Jean-Luc Picard. Even his this person who who's been with him for so long, we don't even know her. I don't even know. Her name's Rafi. Um, she's a drug addict. <laughs> Jean-Luc Picard has a best friend who's a drug addict. I can't even imagine that. So anyway, Rafi is such a bestie of Picard. She calls him JL instead of Jean-Luc, which really just is disgusting. How is she such a bestie that she calls him JL when we don't even know who the hell she is? And I know I'm supposed to like her, but I don't. And that blonde, the scientist who killed her boyfriend, I don't like her at all. And I know that the captain of the new ship, whatever his ship is called, I don't even know that name, that name the new ship captain is in love with the blondie, I think. But I can't even buy into that little relationship either. So please tell me what I've been watching for the past I nine don't know. I mean, they had the guts to have the show court-martial Jean-Luc and drum him out of Starfleet. Right. Because he was a nice guy? Or because he was trying to help the Romulans? Because oh, wait, he's a nice he's guy and didn't help. fit the way that they, their uh, narrative was going at the time. <laughs> I prefer Kirk because they just mothballed him. They're like, you're out of date. We're mothballing you. You get to retire with full honors. Right, right. Absolutely. I remember at a um, Star Trek convention, I don't know if it was the last one or second to the last one I went to, Jerry Taylor was there. It was right before Voyager started. And she was talking about Voyager and a female captain and how excited they all were about a new series for Star Trek, blah, 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 blah. And I raised my hand. I was in the back of the room, and I raised my hand, and you can ask my students. I don't have a soft voice. You guys probably have to turn it down because I don't have a soft voice. I raised my hand, and I said, yeah, okay, this sounds really cool. I'm, I'm on board for a new series, but I'd really like to know what happened to James T. Kirk. And she goes, ooh. And every the whole place just went dead silent. I go, you know, James Tiberius Kirk, are we ever going to find out what happened to him? And she just stood there for a minute because she just did not know what to say. She was one of, she was one of the head writers, showrunners for Voyager. Was this before and, you got pushed by rock? 
<laughs> yes. So there's a history of taking Kirk and shoving him aside. A definite yeah. history of the people who have been doing Star Trek since the 90s. Yeah. Taking Kirk and shoving him aside. I mean, and look at the death they finally gave him. How did Kirk die? He got squished by a rock. What? Yeah. Big ass rock. (laughs) He killed the bad guy, but... (laughs) Well, the the only thing that I like about that is that in previous movies, he said he knew that he was going to die alone without his friends there, Spock and McCoy. And that happened. And so it was kind of lackluster. However, if the Nexus, here's my thing about that movie, and that's I like Generations. If the Nexus ribbon, you can have your family and your fantasy and live forever in the Nexus Ribbon, then Kirk didn't really die in the Nexus Ribbon. He's still living there with his horse and his girlfriend. I'm going to have to bring up that that phrase again that you hate. Yes. Time travel. They traveled in the past. They they escaped the Nexus and traveled into the past right before Malcolm McDowell killed everyone. And then he grabs Malcolm McDowell. Rock goes. And Picard turns off the ship. Oh, yeah. Um, that movie has a lot of problems with it. I like it, though. I like the emotions of that movie. <laughs> Generations yeah. and first contact are good. The other two? Well, there's some cheesiness to many of those films. Cheesiness is goofy stuff. Che- bo- stupidity yeah. is my boobs are getting tighter. <laughs> Oh, okay, these are the types of conversations that when your show is so unfathomable that you can't understand what's happening on your show, then these little tangents start, and that's how shows crack apart, and that's what's happening to Picard. As they're trying to tell this, this linear story, it doesn't make any sense. Especially a world with with eight suns around it. But anyway, yeah. beyond the physics of that. Oh, yeah, and that's not even a, it's a created world. Somebody, <laughs> oh, my God, somebody has the power to take stars, stars, you know, stars, like our sun, like Sol. Yeah. And move them across vast space and line them all up in 
a group of eight. Fuck, what kind of physics is that? I don't know. Okay, so if you want to watch Picard, that's good. Watch it. I'd really like a second season because I want to see what's going on. But I can't recommend it as Star Trek. Here, Stephen, answer this for me. How come CBS, with all its trillions of dollars and clout and everything, why can't they take a hack like Kirk Kurtzman? One of our friends calls him Kretzman, and I really like that. Um, and say, hey, dude, why don't you just come up with your own idea? And we'll have spaceships flying around, and we'll we'll have uh, just make something new. We're gonna put Star Trek over here, and you make something new, and and we'll fill it with all the, your favorite actors and everything. Just make something new. How come CBS doesn't uh, do that? Star Trek is a proven franchise. Ninety percent of the time, they will gamble easier on a proven name that they don't have to work to sell than to try something new. Like, <sighs> look how hard the Orville has had to fight to get stay on the air. And it's a better Star Trek show than the Star Trek that CBS is doing. That's very true. Orville, I, I miss it. I can't wait for it to come back. It's so good. And it's totally different yeah they fly around they have missions they have a federation they don't call it federation and all of those trappings that so many space shows have right but it's so good and they have a fan base now and we're all hoping for the next season to hurry up and get here that's what you could do CBS can it's make like your own alien show. and predator franchises. They keep making crappy movies, but every time the fans, you included, are standing there going, this time they're not going to screw it up. This time they're not going to screw it up. Well, I'm never watching another um, Predator movie, ever. Oh, God. Ever. That... That last movie was the worst movie I've ever seen. It was, it was bad, stupid. It wasn't I just mean, that the the yeah. um, the story was stupid, but it was also that the choreography, the special effects, the practical effects, everything was so lame. They they take the fan they take fan money. I didn't see it at the movie theater. I saw it. Um, uh, I I rented it for like four dollars, you know. So they didn't really make any money off of me. Um, yeah. But but here's the thing: they think that we're going to flock to the movie theaters to see something that is half-assed done. Well, the way that Alien and Predators and uh, Alien Resurrection did pretty decent business in the movie pretty shows that much. And all the people who are bragging on Facebook about seeing The Hunt and the Invisible Man this weekend, when they're playing $20 fucking dollars, 
no way to use those out there. Um, for a rental, two-day rental for $20. Prove that people have no common sense sometimes. Right. Right. I totally agree. And Disney released Onward this weekend. Guess what you get for your twenty dollars with that? What? You own it. Oh. Well, there you go. And the same thing with Star Wars. What did they do? They released it a week early. And they took Frozen 2, which they could have made a crap load of money off this weekend with people trapped in, and said, no, we're going to put it on our streaming channel. Right. They did. They did. They did. Sometimes you've got to give away, you got to lose money to make money. Well, Disney really, you know... They're not going to really lose anything. Yeah. Well, Disneyland and Disney World not being open, those two places are losing money. But Disney can can suck it up, and and Disney can afford that. And you, well, Who's you just, know what they're they making is not money, and that's more important than money. They're making um, loyal customers. Yeah, goodwill. Yeah, and to get exactly. Back to Alien and Predator. You know what I always wanted, but they never would consider it at Fox. I don't want another Alien sequel. I don't want another Predator movie. But if you made a Colonial Marines movie, right? Yeah, that's what what the fans have been wanting—a Colonial Marines movie. You don't even have right. to use Prince right. Alien in them. Just give us a badass adventure with Colonial Marines fighting monsters on the planet and going on a bug hunt. Right. True. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Um, I want to see, I know this will never happen, but I'd like to see the third movie that Ridley Scott has in his brain for... Alien. The third movie, Prometheus, Covenant, and then even though, you know, you can surmise your own ideas from those two movies, I would like to see Ridley Scott do the last one before he gets too old. And I would go see it in the movie theater. But I think I'm a rare person on that. I don't think a lot of people would and so yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen. It pissed off too many fans for it, you know. I don't know. I I know people that like that movie. I know several people that really like that movie. And so, I mean, there are those of us, but there's not enough of us to make any kind of profit. Yeah. But... Still, well, not the kind I don't of want to see. That you want. I don't want to see any more alien movies. I don't want to see that the alien is the star of the frickin' movie, because that's not the movie I wanted to see in the first place. You know, I don't want to see Alien and Predator. I wanted to see Alien versus Predator, and I got to see that. 
I saw it. There was a big pyramid. The aliens and the predators, they fought each other. I like that movie. There's a lot of things wrong with it, but I like that movie. So there it is. We don't you want to see Alien vs. Predator pick up the Dark Horse comic paperback of the very yeah, first Alien vs. Predator adventure. It's an amazing read, and it's everything you would want from an Alien vs. Predator. Right, right. But I guess we got off of the Star Trek. I... I've been watching Voyager on and off. Uh, well, I always do. I I don't watch it for several months and then I start watching it again because I just love Voyager. It's my favorite Star Trek. And uh, you know, no apologies, no anything. I'm not going to talk about it right now. I just like Voyager. Maybe I'll dedicate one of my shows to Voyager sometime. But I just like it. I like the huh? much of the series, according to most fans. Oh, well, pre- Enterprise. Yes. No, Dark Space, Deep Space Nine. Oh no, De- Deep Space Nine has more fans than than Voyager, I think. I D- Deep Space Nine is not the 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 black sheep of the Star Trek family. It is not. That would, it's, um, if I thought Enterprise. It's the black sheep free CBS, it probably would be that weird one. It turned out the whole series Starfleet. That bizarre piece of crap where it ended up that the whole series was uh, Troy and Riker watching it on the holodeck. Oh, yeah, that's Enterprise. Yeah. That was a terrible, terrible mistake they made. Terrible mistake. Um, and I can't even explain how they made that mistake. And to get into why really none of the Next Generation movies have worked and why Picard has worked, it's because they gave Star Trek Generation a perfect ending. Yes. They did. They did. So explain why they brought Picard back again. Money. Yeah. And they were desperate. I mean, look at the uh, what was the first series uh, before this one? What do you mean? The one that came before this. Oh, Discovery. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Discovery, Discovery was tanking, if you remember. So what did they do? Yeah. We'll bring in Spock. Yeah, 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 but that is just, and oh, and here's something. Uh, you see this on the on the, the feeds that I read. Um, Spock on Discovery and this Romulan brother on Picard, those two actors look exactly alike. They would, uh, they're not brothers. I mean, those two actors look like brothers. The guy who plays Spock and the guy who plays the Romulan guy, I can't even think of his name. It sounds almost like Sarek. It's not Sarek, but his name almost sounds like Sarek. Oh, God. Yeah. So it's been speculated 
that at some point they're going to say something about this Romulan guy and Spock. They look almost identical, these two actors. It's creepy. It's creepy. And to know that Discovery was tanking, they, they put together Picard to raise up the Star Trek franchise. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. I'm sorry that I've been such a bummer on the Picard series. I didn't want to be a bummer. See, I'm my age. I did not mean to disparage it if you like it. And keep watching it if you like it. You know, maybe it's Star Trek to you, but to me, it just doesn't. It's not Star Trek. There's too many, too much shooting and not enough philosophy. Okay? Even Kirk was a good philosopher. Um, he he reflected about the things he did. He might have slept with every woman in the galaxy, but he also reflected on things. These people, they don't reflect on what they do. They just go and do, and they just keep doing, kind of like our society right now. I'm at a party because it's spring break no matter what. Hmm, maybe Picard does really reflect our times. Yeah. I don't know. But then, if it reflects the time too closely, it takes away the escapism factor. Right. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of neurotic, nerdotic on uh, um, YouTube. And his big thing about destroying Star Trek the way they have is that it's not escapism. It's just really stressful to watch it. Uh, lots of killing, lots of mysteries that never get solved, um, lots of shoot 'em up lots of um, fighting, violence, um, just, just not what Star Trek was about. Not a lot of wondering why things are happening, happening, just hitting it hard and doing it and going on. And so I agree with him completely on that part about what's happening in Picard. There's no reflection. Jean-Luc doesn't reflect on why this might be happening. He just needs to save this girl. Oh, my God. Save the girl. Save the girl. Sounds like a... And they're acting like uh, Picard's PTSD is a new element of the series. No, that was a major plot element. In uh, right, first contact, and and next generation for all the rest of the seasons. Yeah, that was one of the my favorite three next generation uh, episodes are not the one where he gets taken, but the one where they save him and bring him back. And how he is brought back from being a Borg. Then the next one, the next episode right after that is always makes me cry. And it's called Home. And this is the first time that we go home to France and meet his brother and meet his nephew. And that is, and then the very next one after that has to do with 
data. And those together are the best of the next generation, the very best, because they were about human relations. Yeah. They risked everything to go save Picard. Yeah, what? The one part about home when he's walking up the road to it, and Picard has a weird look on his face, and his brother goes, yeah, it's weird walking in real gravity again after basically, you said, like five to ten years in space, isn't it? Right, right. Digging at him for never coming home to see them. They never really yeah. covered that Star Trek. What's it like to go... That would have been a pretty decent movie. What's it like to go back to Earth? experience galaxy in that way of life again after being used to be on a long space voyage. Right. I've always thought about that myself. Like, the very first episode of Picard, we have Picard waking up in the morning and looking out over the the um, the grapes and the, the, the farm the crops and everything. Everything's very uh, picturesque, pastoral, you know, and slow. But God bless, man. He is kind of slow. He's old. And he's in his 80s. Come on, he walks slow. And it, it, it was kind of nice to see that this is where he ended up. And there should have been reflection. And there should have been... um, Jean-Luc Picard used to have in his ready room all the different spaceships. And he used to have things that were important to him on his desk. But in his chateau, the Picard chateau, there was nothing. It was completely devoid of his entire life before he became an old man and was forced to retire. That doesn't seem like the card that we left with. So if that's not the same Picard, then why? Well, look at Star Trek out. 6, and they showed Kirk's uh, apartment on Earth. Right, right. He had all of his same trophies that he had in his right. captain's quarters. You know, right? The continuity was there. That's you know, that's the word. The the card, the TV show, lacks continuity. That's what it lacks. Yeah, and if you remember, that's how him and David Warner bonded. He's like, why? <laughs> he, he looks at the book that Kirk Chan. He's like, oh my. Kirk says, what? You have a first edition of Moby Dick? I'm jealous of you. I've always wanted one. Right. Right. And then they talk about Ahab, right? I mean, come on. Star Trek was always about um, history brought us to this moment. Not history, fuck history, we're going to rewrite it. That's what Picard's all about. That's what Discovery's all about. Fuck history. We're a new people. We don't care about our ancestors. Well, are we that way nowadays? 
Yes. I'm sorry. Excuse me for coughing. Yes. We are like that. Isn't that too sad, though? We haven't made any jokes because... (laughs) Huh? I did. Yes, I coughed. (laughs) This whole show is in lockdown for the next (laughs) 20 minutes. That was a wet cough, not a dry cough, okay? <laughs> well, rather a wet cough than a wet... Mm, but. <laughs> oh, okay. But well, really, if you're um, looking for good sci-fi and you really haven't given it a shot, go get a free trial of HBO. And it's not going to be what I think it is. Watch The Watchmen. It's great. Yes. Yeah. Really And is. it has hope. And you know what? You don't have to, um, you really don't even have to know the Watchmen's story. Because for some reason, it actually explains while you're watching. But if you've watched the movie, there's so much more or read the oh, comic, yeah. there's so much more it adds to it. Right. If you've read the graphic novel, it really is um, a must-watch. You've got to watch Watchmen HBO series. It's really, really good. It's um, captivating, actually. And it's only one season, and you're one and done. You're right. Like, ten episodes, and then it's over. It's, over. it's not a and then also, if you're a Prime member on Amazon Prime um, and you want some really good science fiction space, uh, you ought to watch The Expanse. Oh, my gosh. That oh, and is... I learned another thing today about what's wrong with Picard. It was supposed to be a one and done. I think it's going to be. No, they got a second season already coming up. Right, but I think the whole—I mean—they're building up to the point where Picard's got this brain disease, and yeah, so I, think it's I don't be know. Two and done, it, but then they'll call a lot it of this seven. Stuff or, is Paddy. Well, yeah, that's the worst part about this whole thing. So, yeah. um... It should have been, it should have been, oh, that's another thing about the card. If this was, I I never fall asleep during good science fiction. Never. I'm one to fall asleep, too. When I work a lot, I fall asleep a lot. Okay? But if it's good science fiction, I'm not going to fall asleep. And Picard, every single episode... I have fallen asleep at the last bit when something happens to carry it to the next episode. So I have to, I wake up. This is how boring it is. The card has a lot of explosions, a lot of shoot 'em up with laser guns and, and spaceships and, I don't know, fighting and fists and stuff. And even blood which Star Trek r- rarely ever had, blood. And, and cursing. Um, oh, oh. And cursing. Um, 
but it doesn't have any substance to it. And so the mysteries that they throw at you, they just throw mysteries at you, but it doesn't have anything like roots to hold the mysteries down. And so it becomes boring. That's why I can't remember the names of these Romulan characters that I've been watching all, all these days. I mean, all these episodes. And I can't remember the ship's name. And I can't remember the blondie scientist's name, nor the captain of the ship, his name, because I'm getting old and have a bad memory, but also because nothing is so important. They don't have backstories. And so it's boring. Yeah. It doesn't. It's so boring. God. Star Trek was never boring. Plus, they should have revealed MacGuffin during the first two episodes. uh, Hitchcock had a theory of suspense. He said there's two ways you can find the scene. You can can just have two people talking for five minutes, and then, boom, a bomb explodes. They die. That's shock. You know, there's no build-up to it, and it just happens. Or you can see the bomb under the table, and every second that, you know, you're wanting them to find out. Right. That's what they should have done with the girl. Have her be the MacGuffin, but show us that she's the MacGuffin, but not have Picard know about her, which he does. Right. And have it just peel back like an onion with her in the center. No. You know. Nah. They don't know. They don't know how to do that. They don't know how to peel back like an onion. Like uh, That's the best storytelling. Spoilers. Go ahead. Dr. Manhattan is not even part of the new series until maybe halfway (laughs) through. He just barely mentioned any episodes. Right, right. At first he's not mentioned. Well, yes, he's mentioned once in the first episode because the frogs reign. He's mentioned in the first episode. Then they don't talk about him anymore. Well, yeah, there's like little TV. Where is Dr. Manhattan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just these and all little the first subtle clues. They're watching this show, these shows about the the heroes of the past, and they keep showing the hang, ju- hang, hang Justice or whatever his name is. Right, right, right. He was the sheriff. Yeah, I think he was the sheriff. Yeah. And he's just the background noise until maybe the sixth episode. Then, boom! Everything changes, and what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's done really, really well. And that's the way that you do ten episodes. Like the expanse. I never fell asleep. How many episodes of that a year do, you, does, uh, do they make of that? Of what? The Expanse. 
Um, well, they used to make 13. Uh, but now that it's on Amazon, it's probably 10. Um, Sci-Fi Channel did 13. And I bet those 10 episodes play a lot faster oh, and have a better so pacing than the 13. Yeah. Well, no, I well, yes, because the first three episodes of the first season are slow. But that's because I don't think that they really it was before um Nareem Shankar became showrunner. When he moved onto an executive producer um position, he took that show to where it's at now because he's just brilliant. He's brilliant with science fiction. And uh, um, and so the first three episodes, there was a lot of potential for Expanse, but it it just, it, the pacing was wrong. And then once Shankar came onto it, then you can't stop that show. It's just yeah. so good. Yeah. It, you got to have people that know what they're doing. Kurtzman yeah. doesn't know what he's doing. The first two episodes need to be the getting-to-know-you episodes. The third one right. is where you time you reveal the plot, and then the fourth one is when you hit the ground running and just basically don't stop until... Right, right, until everything's finished. That's... Um... That's the way the Watchmen was. was. Yeah, and plus with cable and with Amazon shows and the streaming shows, they don't have to worry about pacing the episodes for commercials. Right. Oh, God. That's another thing. Oh, my God, the commercials. The commercials are unbelievably horrible. They, you see the same anti-smoking commercial with the turkey going cold turkey isn't the right way to stop smoking. And they come on and then they count down how many more seconds you have to suffer through this fucking commercial. Excuse my language. Um, until the show, and they, they put it right at that moment when something interesting is about to happen, then the commercial comes on. Not like episodic television in the old days when you had commercials and stuff. They knew how to do that. No, no, no. This is just sliced in like you just cut yourself with a sharp knife. Oh, my God, it's horrible. Yeah, I was watching a movie on Tubi the other night, and then all of a sudden it said, your show will return after these five commercials. I'm like, no. Click. Yep. I um. And you gotta pay I have Hulu. Yes. So you get to pay to watch commercials. Oh. Well, that's the whole thing with um Disney Plus. On Disney, there are no commercials. But if you have Hulu with Disney, oh, there's nothing but commercials. I can't even watch the Stephen King, the new um Castle Rock, because the commercials are driving me insane, and I'm paying for commercials. So I have to get into my Hulu and find out what the hell, because 
It ruins the entire show. It ruins everything. Yeah. I mean, it's like if I have the choice of paying three ninety nine, paying three dollars ninety nine for a season of the show on Amazon Prime, and watching it uh. without commercials, or watch it for free on this other channel with commercials, I know what I'm going to pick. Yeah, exactly. Because my Hulu, if it's going to go up $4, I don't freaking care right now. I'm going to pay the $4 because I can't stand those commercials. They are horrible. And you know what? If I have to go to the bathroom or if I have to get something to eat, you know what? There's a button that says pause. And then I can go back. I don't oh, need a and commercial. on Amazon Prime, this week it's a on sale. You can watch. Terminator, Dark Fate. Forget how much. Free? Dollar ninety nine. Three dollars. Yeah. Well, that's um. I watched Zombieland two last night for three dollars. I'm just like, cool. I can watch it for three bucks. That's us in the old days. It's like yeah. the one about the alligator, and it's pretty good. Guess how much it was to rent. I don't know, two bucks. Ninety-nine cents. <laughs> see, that's that's some good stuff. That's yeah, good that stuff has, right there. Yeah, that's like what? Without commercials. Okay, I'm there. Gingy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. That's um, that's like going to uh, Hollywood Video without having to drive all the way there and back. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we used to do in the old days. We would go on Friday and get like a giant stack of movies. Yep. Yep, exactly. That was Friday. Friday you you went to Hollywood. I did. I didn't go Blockbuster. I went to Hollywood Video. I went and picked up my food, and then I came home. And there you go. Here's here's what we're eating, and here's the movies we're watching. (laughs) And if you haven't got it before and you're on the fence, Shutter is often offering a 360-day, 60-day. That's great. Oh, yeah, so and before we close. Pass. Um, you know, I'm a big documentary fan, and Curiosity yeah. Stream, you can get it through Amazon. And... Uh, it is some ridiculous price, like $3 a month. It's like under $20 for the whole year. And Curiosity Stream does everything. It's like um, uh, it has National Geographic with it. It's just like the best. So and why don't you intersperse your stuff with some documentaries too? Yeah, and if you got cable until the 29th of this month, Showtime is free. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that the streaming services, you got to, before we go, I just want to say thank you to the streaming services because of all the things out there that are trying. Winco, my favorite grocery store, raised all the prices on all the animal foods, those bastards, right as this was all happening, right before our lockdown. They raised the price on cat and dog food. Screw them. But 
the streaming services are giving us stuff for free and for 99 cents and for a couple of dollars because we're stuck at home. So, you know, tell them thank you. Tell them thank you. It's the old drug deal theory, and it works. Give everyone their first taste for free. And if they like the product, they're going to keep it. Right. Just like every podcast, including ours, Vicky, their numbers are going up crazy with people stuck in the houses. Right. It ain't I've the been question like, to a yeah, lot more. right now we're all doing good. But the but the question is, how can you keep them? Right. And I'm well, sure we're going to keep this because, good God, to, it's 9.50 already. We've already almost done two hours, and I don't think we even said shit. <laughs> I know. We it don't it. seem like we it. Just, we just talked. All we did was talk about stuff. The virus, Picard. We talked about Picard for at least 45 minutes. Yeah. And, and uh, there's uh, and, upgrades free on uh, Netflix. That's a good one. Uh, if you're yes. looking for a virus movie you don't have to think about, Contagion. No, Outbreak, yes. the one with Dustin Hoffman. That one's a decent contagion yeah. movie, but it has machine guns. It has helicopters, it has explosions. Helicopters. Yeah. And there's Contagion, which just seems to be the most popular one nowadays. And that's scary, though, man. <laughs> that's a pretty scary one. And there's Stephen King's The Stand, which is back on Netflix, I think. Is it? I think it's on one of the streaming channels for free. And well, if you haven't seen that many things before, yes. you need to. It's good. Yes, yes. Captain Trips. Yes, sirree. And Walking read a book, man. too. Yes, Walking Man. Yes, and read a book. Got plenty of time to do both. Yeah. Well, I think it's just about over. So we'll yeah, do this tomorrow again. night we're Maybe. going to have... Uh, uh, I forget his name, but have you ever heard of the two Oblivion movies, Vicky? Well, which one? Uh, 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 the two I Full Moon so. movies where they did like an Old West theme. Yeah. But they set it in a sci-fi planet in outer space. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I've seen yeah, one. Yeah, we're going to have the director of that. Well, that's cool. And he's the and he was a producer of God and Monsters. Oh wow, that was um award-winning movie. Yeah. And he did the extras of one of the best Frank. It's just come out and we'll be talking about where you can get an autographed copy of. Them. He did all the extras for the new Shout Factory Blu-ray of Frankenstein the True Story. Oh, wow. Have you seen that, Vicky? Um, I don't think so. It's a TV movie from the 70s. It's basically as close to scientifically great a Frankenstein movie ever. Half of the movie is him with his regular monster, but then his monster starts getting uh, sick and kind of ugly because he screwed it up. So he abandons his monster for... Uh, who played Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman? 
Oh, um, yeah. Um, yeah, she's really pretty and she's British. Yeah, she. so he abandoned the original monster slash child for his more popular, beautiful child. Oh, wow, that sounds interesting. How to hunt it down. Oh, it's great. It was a TV movie from the 70s, so... But yeah, hmm. Sam Irvin, well, and she hasn't decided yet, possibly this week's or next week's uh, midnight, uh, late night movie from us here at Coltside Radio will be a sci-fi class, will be sci-fi theater with Vicki Love. And we don't, yes. and I don't know what she has in store for that, and I don't think she does yet either. No, it could possibly be Forbidden Planet. Oh, cool. I've seen one of well, those we'll have to talk. Just like a 10-inch fully working Robbie the Robot. thought it was gorgeous. Oh, Oh, man. I love that movie, too. I just love that movie. So we'll talk yeah. about that, and then we'll let you guys know. And thank you for listening. Keep watching TV movies. Stay safe. Don't do anything stupid. Stay safe. Yeah, stay and safe. Well, Social distancing isn't forever. Yeah. And to quote to T.S. Eliot, which is sadly the way we're going is, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, with but as a whimper, not a bang. Right. So let's not and, have the world end. Yeah. And good night, everybody. Good night.